As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Right. CBC Wizard Hour, number 52 for Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, March 5th, 2019. I'm Steve Witchell in Mardi Gras, New Orleans. Fat Tuesday is the fabulous T, Tony B, coming to you live from New Jersey. Yes, Mardi Gras Day. Happy Mardi Gras Day. Yeah. Ides of March. And the Ides of March. And a couple of my good friends' birthdays today, too. My friend Funny Steve and my friend Danny Wild out in Vegas. Both celebrating birthday, the day guys. of their birth. Yes, today. Um, and uh, incidentally, I just c- remembered this today. The first time I, I did a podcast, I was a guest on a podcast, um, uh, the, the, the Gig Gab podcast with Dave Hamilton and Paul Kent. And this it was uh, three years ago on Mardi Gras. So it wasn't, it was actually Mardi Gras. It was February that year. But uh, it was Mardi Gras day that I was a guest. And that was, was g- what got me to thinking about doing a podcast for Cover Band Central. So how about that? Three years, only three short years. Wow. I remember that. I think my first live television appearance when I was 14 was on March 5th. Really? Yep. That's a special day, then. Special. Yes. So um, for the audience, I I apologize for sound issues, especially last week. The guest was great, Matt Sancom from uh, The Hard Times. Um, but my like the levels for me and Tony were just too high, and it sounded really overdriven. So I, I hope I have rectified that issue, and it sounds. We fired funny. those people and got new guys, so yeah, we'll see how it works out. I hope the new guys have worked it out so it sounds better. I'll know after we're done and I listen back, but but it looks good, looks better on the meters to me. So there you go. Uh, so what's going on in Tonyland? Tonyland, Tony Tony all's great in Tonyland. So uh, we didn't get to talk because we had the guest last week. We didn't get to talk about your rehearsal that you had uh, where you were doing some new songs. Yes, Steve. Two tickets to Tonyland will get you insider information on new covers. <laughs> I got yeah, it was tick- good. We got together. We jammed. Uh, it was fun to play. Good to play. You know, my shoulder feels good. Um, 
to get together with the guys and, and uh, just go through, uh, you know, a bunch of lists of new stuff and fresh stuff and just jam on old stuff. And you know what's great is like, and you always say this with like, old, if you have a, like a real good friend of yours, you know, and you don't see him for a while, like you could see him for like seven, eight years. But, you know, I mean, if you it was someone you hung out with and you were really tight with and you had really, you know, good friendship with, you pick right up. You know where you sure. left off, like sure. you just saw him yesterday. You know, yeah. That's the interesting thing is like we—I haven't played. You know, we haven't played together since October because I had my shoulder surgery. Right, right. So there was no—we didn't play Christmas party, nothing. You know. <clears throat> so it was interesting to get together and just right off the bat, just say, "Hey, just you know, throw out a song. You know, what song you want to do, and just go right into songs, and everybody knows the part and sings the right harmony, and it's—it's it's like you just played it." yesterday not six months ago you know right yes music transcends time so cool you know but i'm just saying it's like the familiarity it's like everyone just clicks and it's like you just played the gig you know right that's great good and i'm glad to hear yeah. that you're you're able to play with your shoulder and all yeah thanks man but i guess the point i'm making is even here what we you know promote on, on cover band central and just in general is about having fun making music right and being passionate about it and enjoying it and having it in your life and you know it's really trying to get all you can out of music so it's 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 really refreshing for me in today's day and age to have that um relationship with people i've played with for you know 15 years that you know exactly how they're going to play you know right. and it's familiar and it's it's comfortable and no matter how often or or, or you know uh in between the times or when you do get to play, it's it's the same every time. There's always magical gigs, you know, better than, you know, the average, right? We've all been there. Right. But I would tell people that are young and in a band or, or, or young and forming relationships with other musicians, you know, to keep, you know, playing with those guys and, and, and form bonds because, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, if you still know those people and you continue to play with them, you know, it's, it's really wonderful. Certainly. Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. I, I have the, the condensed version of that with the people I play with since we play so often. And it hasn't exactly. been, you know, it's been uh, five, five, yeah, five years that I've been playing at the Swamp. So with uh, many of those same people. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, I mean, it's basically a given, too, that we're just going to come in and all, you know, know our parts and know our harmonies and, and gel. You know, but I've had five nights off now, which is rare for me because of Mardi Gras. Um, so going back tomorrow will be refreshing. It'll feel, when you have e even just five days off for us, it's, it's a long time, and you go back and it feels kind of new, which is cool. Kind of new but familiar at the same time. You know. And then Cole had a gig uh, on Saturday. He had his first gig ever with his original band out um, you know, outside of school, they played like the coffee hour, you know, in the library, but to like 150 kids, you know, mm. after school style. But he actually played a gig out with five other bands, um, you know, all original music, all, all five bands, nice. all kids, all under 20, you know. What kind of really, venue did they play? An art gallery. Ah. Cool room with, with you know, you bring the PA, you bring all the instruments, you know. But it's an art gallery, so there's all kinds of cool art on the walls. Was, I forget the artist's name that was on. They were featuring at that time, but it was all his paintings, and it's in the video and stuff I shot. 
uh, of Cole playing with his band. But the camaraderie, like it was cool, you know, to see that throwback to these guys uh, and, and girls getting together at, at, you know, enjoying music and no competition. You know, everyone's talking to each other, hugging each other. What's up? Your band sounded great. You know, it's cool. Just a really cool vibe to see. You know, and they, and those five bands probably put 100 people in that room, you know. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, so it was, it was very cool. I'm sure you're a proud papa. Very exciting. Yeah. I can actually preview you a very short, quick clip. Please do. Song one, you get the idea. Yeah. What? Wait, Cole. What? What instrument is Cole playing? Drums. He's playing drums. Tight, dude. Kind of Weezer vibe on that one. Yeah. His drumming is great, dude. His temp. His tempo is rock solid. He's got a nice pocket. Yeah, he, he he's he he's sounds like pop. really confident the way he's playing. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's all over it, dude. He, now I told you he's playing bass now too. So he's right. learning all kinds of bass and he, he's that's what I'm saying. So music has consumed him now to where he is hooked, you know? Like right. he's enjoying it now. He's playing multiple instruments, he's playing in a band. He's getting to experience like the things that we did, you know? Right. I mean just in that little clip I can hear he, he's not he's not pushing, he's not rushing anything. He's really sitting nicely in that pocket, being patient with it uh, and respecting space, man. It sounds really good. Really good. Yeah, thanks. I mean, the, 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 the audio quality of it, the way you played it, I don't know how you're playing it. Are you using your phone or something? Yeah, it's, 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 it's not it's, very high. But I have a good video of a high quality. But amazingly, it was like a real live room. And he took, like, we have this little Mapex kit. It's like a black kit, 18-inch kick, and, like, some small toms and stuff. But it's very ambient, so they didn't mic anything, you know? Right. So that that's also, like, it had that kind of room reverb vibe to it. Mm. So like you said, it was it was magical. Like, at times, like you said, he was, he was like, sitting back in the pocket grooving, and there was reverb on, like, the drums and, you know, the band. Like, they were all smiling. It was just, it was really cool. That's awesome. Good for you. I, and I'm so excited to hear that there's young bands going out there playing original mu music you know as much as you know i'm doing cover band central but i love hearing you know kids playing new stuff that's how we get new stuff yeah and it's cool to see like what their influences are too you know because they had five songs and all five of them sound different one sounds kind of rush one sounds kind of weezer one sounds kind of nirvana you know right it, it's but it's it's a sound you know they have they have a, a, a you know a, an identity which is cool Yes, and the other you said five bands were on the bill. Yeah, five bands total. And were they all? And they were all original bands. Yep, every one of them. Wow, very cool. And, and cool stuff, dude. Like the one band was, um, it was like a hybrid. It was like two bands, but I guess they somehow do jams together. And the, it was like they had a guitar player with like fifteen pedals on two skateboards. Like he made his own pedal holders out of skateboards. It was pretty cool looking. Um. No drums. Guy, the guy had um, he had uh, hats, a snare, and a, a ride cymbal. 
Mm-hmm. And then it was like Tambrian Shaker or something. Mm-hmm. And then there was another band that had like walls of amps, two guitar players, you know, a little heavier, really super loud. Like that's the one thing like when they people were sound checking, I was telling him like when when it was Cole's turn to go, his band, you know, and he was sound checking. We we kept it where like it was a listenable level, you know what I mean? Because some of the like the band after them was like deafeningly loud, like blowing the people out of the room, you know. Right. And they can't enjoy it, you know. No one's grooving to it. No one's enjoying it because it's just blastingly loud. Mm. And like you said, guys rushing, you know, uh, nervous energy, you know, with the gig, like playing, like all all amped up, and it was it was interesting because I was talking to the guys in his band said like. You guys excited? And they were like, oh, man, we finally get to play out our songs in front of people. And, like, it's cool. And, like, they're all chill in the video. Like, they're like they're, like they're just having a casual, like, goofing, laughing, you know, like, just playing. Like you said, not, like, a stressful gig at all, you know? And it, and it comes through when they're playing because they're relaxed, you know? Are they, so I imagine they rehearse quite a bit or, or, or? No, they rehearsed, like, five times before this gig. They wrote those songs. They wrote the songs and rehearsed, like, five times. And where do they rehearse? At my house. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're the cool dad. Of course. Yeah. I have the drums. I have all the drums. So it's like, always <laughs> the drummer's house, man. <laughs> he got right I know. Kids, man. You always have to it's go all, to the drummer's house. So, Karen, see the legacy lives on. That's funny. <laughs> That's so funny. I, just, I mean, just in that instant that brought me back to those days of, of me being 15 and 16 years old, first getting into bands, and it was like, you want to rehearse? You got to go to the drummer's house. That's it. Exactly. We're not the drummer's not going to load all his stuff up. I mean, he's not going to break down his drums and carry it to your basement, dude. Just imagine. I can remember like <laughs> when I used to have hardcore band racks at my house, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then play out Friday, Saturday every week. Um, like Sunday, Monday was the only time we didn't have it. I remember times like on a Thursday where we would be having band, and it would start like you know right after school or you know early. And, like, my mom would get home at, like, 6.30. And imagine, she's, like, dead beat from work, you know? Hasn't eaten yet. Coming home for dinner. My brother's <laughs> not home. I'm having a full-blown band. Now, when you walk into my parents' house, it's a, it was a split level. So, to the right, it was two steps down, and there was a big, giant room. That was the band room. So, mega kit set up, amps, you know, the whole nine yards, keyboards, lights, like, took over that whole section. And then you'd go upstairs, and it was the kitchen, the living room, and then up another place, it was the bedrooms. And my mother's bedroom was right over where we were rehearsing. And I, like, I, just, <laughs> I think back now, but I can remember her coming home and look on her face being like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. Like, you know, she, and she wouldn't be like, guys, sorry, no band tonight, you know? She knew, like, we took it seriously. We rehearsed a lot. And we wrote, you know, we wrote three albums worth of music. So... She tolerated it totally. She supported it, but definitely there was times when you could tell. Like, imagine you coming home, like, ah, oh, dude, I'm just gonna kick my feet up, relax, chill, watch, right, right, watch right. TV, and as you get out of your car, you hear the band blasting you hear out. Prog metal, you know, like yep. blasting through. Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking like with uh, with full unbridled ferocity, like no holding right. back. Like, oh, dude, my mom's home now. We have to come. You know, we have to play quieter. Oh man, the the first band I was in, it was at that we rehearsed at the drummer's house. The first band that I re- where we actually had rehearsals and and played gigs. Steel Knight, K N I G H T. Yes, Knight. it was my first band. I still have the the poster, the flyer from our first official gig because we played. Uh, I think I talked about this recently too. We talked first gig was a. a, a uh, community center and the second gig was a party and then the third gig was uh 
uh, high school, Montel High School. And uh, and I still have the flyer for that. But we rehearsed at the drummer's house, Ricky Klein. And it's, it, yeah, there were so many bands back then, too. Like, you went to the house. Like, you didn't there, you didn't go to rehearsal rooms. You no, you <laughs> went to the drummer's house, dude. Whoever the, the drummer's the band house. was the studio. That was whose house you were having band at. Except I, when I played, I played in this original band called Exire. We were, um, we ended up being pretty successful for our uh, for kids we were uh, uh do you know anything about xire no oh, i'm gonna tell you about it and the audience too i heard they were very big in japan and it was a band of young kids that was on some television show or something no oh <laughs> it's xire e-x-i-r-e uh and uh and i joined Isn't that like when something runs out at xires it's xires and it's and it's not exire it's xire Exire. Some people say exire. Like exit. 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 Exit or exit. So this was a four-piece band, and we rehearsed at my guitar players. We had two guitar players, a four-piece. The singer played guitar, and there was a rhythm guitar player. Mike Keller was his name, and he we rehearsed at his house in his basement, and his parents were just super cool. They were just super supportive of what we did. And the the drummer just kept his drums there, you know, brought them once and kept them there unless we had a gig. Because um, we rehearsed way more than we gigged. Um, and the, that guitar player had a Marshall stack <laughs> in his basement. And, you know, I had my whatever big bass amp. And we just, we used to crank it in there. And his parents were super cool. And that was for a couple of years we rehearsed there. That was the only place we ever rehearsed was in Mike's basement. And we used to, <laughs> as kids, you know, we're all under 21, but, like, we found somebody who can get served. And, there, well, there was, a, a like, a deli kind of down the corner that would would serve uh, if you were under 21. Or they wouldn't card you anyway. So we would always get, like, a case of Bud Nips. <laughs> that was the thing. Those little 8-ounce bottles of Budweiser. Bud Nips. Yeah. And bring girls over. And, they, yeah, those were the days. But at Exire was uh, Neil Casal. Neil Casal was the singer um, and guitar player, and Neil went on to some very good success. He's still having very good success. He has played with uh, uh, Blackfoot and um, uh, Chris Robinson's uh, Brotherhood, which is Chris Robinson from the Black Crows, and he played with Ryan Adams, although I don't know how proud he is of that now because of the trouble Ryan's gotten into, but... um, um, and has a band called Cir- Circles Around the Sun now, and yeah, he's done really well for himself. So he was in that band. And but we had a, we we played a bunch of gigs. We we were kind of like the biggest band in the area for a brief time, anyway, North Jersey. And we Xire? Uh, Xire, yeah. We opened for Skid Row uh, at Obsessions in Randolph, which was the happening club back then, the under like under twenty one club. Yep. And. Uh, and that was Skid Row before Sebastian Bach was in the band. Matt Fallon was the singer. But they had a lot of the same songs. And it's just around the time when they got discovered by John Bon Jovi and they got signed. It was before they did the record. And then they, I guess they decided to do, uh, somebody decided to kick out Matt and hire a different singer. Hence Sebastian Bach. Uh, but we opened for them. And we had, I still have the ad for this too from from the local newspaper the local uh, it was the ec rocker or the aquarium back then east coast rocker yeah and we were scheduled to open we were scheduled to play a gig it was exire 
Ezo, which was a metal band from from uh, Japan, and this and this is in 1987. Xire, Ezo, and Guns N' Roses. That was the bill. Um, Guns N' Roses, obviously the headliner, and this was just out after Appetite for Destruction came out. And when when Welcome to the Jungle was the first video on MTV, and it was starting to get some some buzz. We knew about Guns N' Roses because Mike, the aforementioned guitar player, was really into new music, and he would always just like he was constantly going to the music store and buying new cassettes back then, '87, and tell us, oh, guys, you got to hear this band, guys, you got to hear this band. So when Appetite came out, he was on it right right away and played it for us. I remember this vividly, driving in the car, listening to Appetite for Descru Destruction from the beginning to end. And, um, you know, from that opening, Welcome to the Jungle, it was just like, what the hell is this? It's so different. Like, the singer sounds so different on every song. And, but it's it's interesting. It's The, the songs are all kind of different. And that was uh, a great album, man. Yeah, I mean, still holds up. And and um, and then s shortly after that, after he played that for us, that we got this gig to open for Guns N' Roses, and we were like bouncing off the walls. We were thrilled. We got they sent us promo material. They sent us a the original LP cover that was banned, which was like an artistic drawing with a naked chick, and um, and they sent us each a poster personally signed by each member like hand signed by every member of guns and roses um and there, it was the picture of them sitting against the wall and slash just holding the bottle of jack daniels and and uh, and axel's all in the makeup and the, the poofed out hair um and uh that that was the picture on there and they they had it all they signed it all um so that was incredible but then they like day by day Guns N' Roses was getting bigger and then when the show came we get there we're all excited people are outside with you know like uh, stuff for they wanted to meet Axel stuff for him to sign or slash and uh, they we got there and we found out they canceled the, the gig <laughs> Guns N' Roses did they canceled so Guns N' Roses backed out of the gig they backed out of the gig so we played EZO still played, we still played, and then they got another band to play before us. Um, so, and, you know, obviously a lot of unhappy people uh, there because they were expecting guns, but, but people still, it was still a packed room. People still, the EZO was tremendous. They were, you know, amazing band. Um, and in fact, I got to work with, uh, with the drummer. Um, after that, he did a... He did the tracks on a record we did a few years later. Um, well, what is EZO? What's their What's their genre? Metal. They were They were like a a Japanese metal band, kind of like Loudness. They were like the. Because, dude, I look, my my brother just found it again on YouTube. But I had back in the day, I was watching like Channel Nine or something at night, you know, and it might have been like Don Kirshner's rock concert or a show like that. And all of a sudden, it, there was like these five uh, Japanese kids in like Cub Scout uniforms playing this like insane death metal blast beat. Like the drummer was ridiculous. Like go, they were all mental, like playing chop crazy, like dream theater, you know, times 10. And I remember watching it and being like, 
not sure that what I was actually seeing, you know, because it was like you didn't expect it when they came out. You know, they introduced him. It was like, you know, some teenage kids in Cub Scout uniforms, and all of a sudden they break into, you know, into song, and you're like, holy shit. Wow. And then I forget the name of it, but I'll get it for next time. But my brother knows exactly the band I'm talking about because he said, yeah, go on to YouTube and type it in and you'll find it. And it was exactly what, that's exactly what it was. Cool. There's a lot of good music from Japan. There's, uh, there's a band from, uh, like, like Hard Rock. They're, they're really, uh, there's an uh, all-girl band that I saw recently. It was within the last year or two. I can't, for the life of me, remember their name. But they, they were really good-looking girls, like dressed like really hot, and, but young, you know. So I want to be careful about using the word hot, but over 21. Or over eighteen, at least. But as players, just killer players. You know, singing the harmonies are great. The guitar player was shredding, like good stuff. Um, and speaking of original music, I saw. Do you know a guy named Thomas Rhett or Rhett Thomas? Is it Rhett Thomas? Rhett Thomas, country singer. The, a guy from Rockland County? No, no. He's a country singer. He's he's been around for for uh five or six years six i think six years ago he put out his first record Tom, is it Rhett thomas or thomas Rhett? hang on <laughs> Rhett thomas Rhett tyler or Rhett wild thank you Rhett thomas thomas Rhett. <laughs> okay it could have been either thomas Rhett. thomas Rhett. he's a country Rhett tyler country singer anyway he was on saturday night live this past weekend and i've i've heard his name before but i, I and i may have heard a song or two but it nothing i really remembered um but he um did these two songs on saturday night live and the first one was uh kind of a love song but you know country it got country twang but it was mid-tempo and i thought it was good i was like uh, all right this guy's pretty good and then th the second song i want to give you the name of the song too i'm trying to look it up here oh yeah don't threaten me with a good time it's a new song he's got and it is like a rock song. And I, I mean, it's got the country guitar sound, kind of. And it's got, but the, he had a horn section and two female backup singers. And dude, this guy is, he's like 27, 28 years old. And dude, this guy, rock, that band rocks. That song kills. It's, 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 the songwriting is just brilliant. There's so many country. What's the name of the song? Don't Threaten Me With A Good Time. And watch the if you want to check it out, watch the SNL performance because uh, from this past weekend because it was just like the guitar players shredding the bass player, uh, the drummer. I mean, the, all of it. Just the band is just so incredibly tight. And and it, cool. a lot of these country bands, dude, are all have killer guys in them. You know, yeah, and they sound great. And I'm like, man, country is the new rock, man. I hate to say it, but but that's like a rock song. The, that that song is just a killer rock song. Um. And you know, I don't mind saying I like some. I, I like a lot of country music. I like I like a lot of the artists. Um, it's all about the song to me. For me, doesn't have to be a particular genre or genre. Um, Look what God gave her was the first song that he did. Um, kind of a love song. Um, what was it? Rhett Thomas. Don't Th Thomas Rhett. Thomas Rhett. R H E T T. Young guy, man. He's he's got and he's been around for uh, you know five or six years. 
I love discovering new music. As much as I tout the whole cover thing, I love new music. It gets me going. Music, music. King's X. There was an article in, in Rolling Stone about King's X recently. Don't play it now because it's not going to sound good on air. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't play it now because it's not going to sound quality. No, no, I just wanted the applause. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check that out. It's it's good stuff. Good old music. See, I found that live from New Jersey. Here we go, Tony B. Thank you. <laughs> Please save it to the end. Thanks. Yes. So speaking of. Yes. <laughs> speaking of music. There is, we've talked about it before, but the Piano Summit 2019 is coming up in less than a month now, April 1st to the 3rd in New York City. This is kind of like a NAM for piano players, keyboard players, um, musicians, a and yes. even, I would say, even people that are in the industry can come. But it's the biggest gathering of piano players, piano bar performers, dueling piano entertainers, touring pianists, students, teachers, and fans. So it's for everybody um the first event they had 100 participants two years ago and then 300 last year and they're looking to double it even this year and they have uh let's see three days panels programs performances and parties with a roster of artists that bring you the very best of rock pop r&b jazz hip-hop broadway tv and probably country too um and their their keynote guest this year is jonathan kane from journey and you can ask him all about Don't Stop Believing and how he wrote that riff and why he wrote that riff and how he plays that riff co correctly. Uh, but if you're interested in this, it's Shake, Rattle, and Roll uh, Pianos is hosting this whole thing. If you're interested, go to pianosummit2019.com and put in cover band uh, to get uh, $20 off, I believe it is. In, in the uh, in the field there when you're getting your tickets. Type in the, the word cover band or two words cover band. And check it out. It's going to be good stuff. I may even be there. You never know. So. That is a great thing, man, if you think about it. Yes. I'd love to attend a bass summit. Maybe we should start that. That's what I mean. Like, it, it's, if there was a drum summit or a guitar summit or anything like that, you know, that's a great idea. You know what I want to do? That just inspired me to think about. One thing I'm doing this year, dude, and I've been talking about it for years, but I am definitely doing it. I'm coming up to New Jersey in October. Yeah. <laughs> this year, I am taking a vacation, and I am coming to New Jersey for, for... This is the year. This is it. Yes, definitely this is the year. I, I'm doing it this year. All right, uh, we're documenting it on episode 52 right now. Yes. Uh, but another thing that this just made me think about is Victor Wooten uh, hosts things like that, like a little, uh, I don't know if they're summits, but they're workshops maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, and I want to get in on that. I want to I want to get there. I want to meet, I want to shake that man's hand and and feel his bass in front of me. And in my but if I understand feet. you correct for the piano summit, right? Yes. It's... Also, manufacturers and vendors too. Um, I would imagine so. Let me see if they're all listed here. Oh well, there's a lot of other cool things here. 
that I didn't even mention. Uh, other guests here, Jason Robert Brown, Tony winning composer, arranger, um, Dave Rosenthal, musical director for Billy Joel, Russ Irwin, keyboards uh, for Aerosmith. He also played in Happy the Man. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Russ Irwin plays keyboards for Aerosmith Sting, Brian Adams. Henri Gill plays keys for Alicia Keys, Black Eyed Peas, Bruno Mars, Prince, David Bowie. And uh, Geraldine Anello, she's a Broadway conductor and pianist. So, I mean, if you're into keyboards and into piano or anything and you want to go just really soak some stuff in and learn some stuff and network and schmooze and, and have a good old time, this is the thing to do. Go to this Piano Summit, April 1st through the 3rd this year, 2019, in New York City. Um, pianosummit2019.com is where you go to get your tickets and put in cover band in the uh, when you're buying your tickets let them know you get twenty dollars off uh, 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 discount for cover band central yeah um, other there's other stuff here too with it uh, you get a choice of tickets for two different Broadway shows the long-running hit wicked and the social media sensation be more chill I'm not familiar with be more chill but that's cool you get two tickets for two two Broadway shows Plus a backstage visit to Wicked and a chance uh, chat with the conductor and musical director, David uh, Mickich. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm sorry. Mickich. M-I-C-C-I-C-H-E. Mickich. Yeah, I think your pass is here. You just go to this website. You click on this. This sounds like a really cool time, man. Well, like how you said, it's like a NAM for keyboard <coughs> players. Because you know, if you went to a NAM, you would see all kinds of guys performing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, the promotional code is cover band. Two words. Enter that code and you get 20 bucks off. Your three day pass. Awesome. Yeah. Check it out. But yeah, I want to I wanna find out if Victor Wooten is still doing those things because I want to. Yeah, he's great, dude. There was, there's a YouTube video of him playing Synergy with uh, Dennis Chambers from Atlanta. I think it's a Playhouse. Live, you know? And, uh, oh, dude, killer version. Killer. Live, and like you said, just grooving and really good. He's, it's, he's almost too good. It's, it's hard to watch him sometimes for me because I'm like, it's just, I mean, that's perfection right there. What he's Yeah, he's so musical. You know, I love it. Uh, but we talked about the book before, too, which we highly recommend. The Music Lesson is a book he wrote. And, yeah, great and, book. And, uh, yeah, very inspiring. Even if you're not a bass player, um, it, it's really relevant for any musician. But it really really gives you a, a, a deep and meaningful perspective of how to play music. And The Music Lesson is not about theoretical things at all. It's about life. No, it's not even about... How to play bass? No, or any instrument. Any instrument. It's just about life. How to approach music through life, through things that happen in life, through how your through your feelings, through the people you meet, through getting past your your fears and your insecurities and your doubts and everything. It's. I mean, it's. I I I should read that. I've read it maybe three times. I should read it more often. It should be required reading for me at least once a year. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. 
That's really good stuff. Very and it's, it's not a real long book either. You know, it's a, you can read easy it. Easy read, yeah. Stick with it. Yeah, you can read it in a week. Yeah, very easy read. Um, I have a book that I'm, I, I, I've outlined a book that I want to write, which to me hopefully will be inspiring to others. Um, and I, I just, I haven't, I've outlined it and I've kind of sketched out some of it, but I haven't actually written it yet. How to summon pizza? <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, someone pizza. We did that. Um, no, it's and I don't want to give away the title because I don't want anybody to steal it because it's a really good title. All right, under wraps. Yes, but uh, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a New York Times bestseller. That's my prediction. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.